Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Ro. I'm Savannah. And Lilith. And today, we're going to talk about where all the men are at. Because that's the question we get all the time. It's like, we don't know where to find men. Where can we find a high value man? Where do they hang out? And that's not really, there's not like a cluster of them, like a <laughs> zombie hive in World War Z. So we'll attempt to answer this question as to where are the men at. And what this question is, is aiming to to deconstruct where we can find um, like a high value man or a HBM. I mean, I wish, I really, really wish I could tell all of you that if you go to, you know, this place, you know, you're up. guaranteed to find a high value girl at this address. They're at 123 Evergreen Street. All you got to do is pull up, sis, throw in the back of your pickup truck and drive off. It's full of high value men. <laughs> <laughs> this specific address. <laughs> I, I really wish I could tell you that. But the truth is, I mean... Yeah, there isn't a cheat sheet, as you know, when it comes to meeting a high value man, and there is a lot of debate over whether it's better to meet a high value man online um, or in person, because online dating has really, really taken off, and given the way technology is going, I don't see it going anywhere. I don't know how you guys feel about online dating. What do you guys think about online dating? I I feel like after this pandemic, people are going to want to go outside and. I think there will be maybe a surge in people meeting people in regular life because everyone's going to be itching to just be in public doing anything, right? So I do think apps will probably take a backseat for a while to just people being out and about, especially, you know, as it gets warmer. Mm. But when it comes to apps, I think there's there seems to be a consensus now of women is that the effort you have to put in, actually not even just women, men too, the effort you have to put into the apps to get even one quality match is higher than, uh, than it's worth a lot of times because it's just so much swiping. It's so much, uh, talking to people out of context. You don't really know these people that well. And that's sort of the difference between, I think sometimes meeting people in real life, sometimes you're out and about in the same area. And so maybe you have someone else in your friend group that knows someone else in his friend's group. So there's someone there to vouch for that person. Um, But when you meet people Mm. just kind of cold turkey offline, there's so much more background and vetting that has to be done. And even things like Tinder, they don't let you sort by education or even like some of the basics, like if they have children or not. So then you're just wasting a lot of time swiping on guys that you're seeing that you would never, ever date. Right. And so it just makes it a big waste of time. Um, it's just, it's just basically like a cold approach app, which cold approaches are always harder online or on person, but at least, at least in public, if you don't want to talk to those guys, you just avoid them. Or like you can look at a whole crowd of guys and kind of zero in on one guy you think is attractive versus on the app where you, you're forced to look at these mugs. You look, you're forced to look at each and every one of their ugly, annoying mugs, the ones that you don't want. And that kind of is annoying, right? It's just a lot of work of like sifting through guys that you would never date versus outside where even if it's a crowd of guys you don't know, you, your eye will naturally lend its attention to the man you want rather than having to look at each one of these guys individually. That's my thought. Yeah, I agree. And 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 I and I think with with these apps as well, it's it would be good for women to remember that you know we are essentially the product. You know, women are put there 
to attract men, which is why on apps like Tinder and, you know, Bumble, they <laughs> they actually end up using bots a lot of the time to lure men in into thinking that they're matching with with perhaps more women than they actually are as well. So it's not even just bots, it's sex workers. <laughs> yeah, or sellers. It even gets to the point where you see like men saying no sellers in <laughs> in their beer <laughs> on Tinder and, 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 and like Bumble. It's quite funny. But yeah, so how about you, Lilith? My view is that online dating is a high effort, low reward investment of your time. Uh, my approach, I haven't actually used online dating at all in the past year. Um, but I've met a lot of people through, um, you know, earlier row, you mentioned cold approach and the sort of uh, counterpart to a cold approach would be, uh, network based, uh, say sales or, or connections or networking, basically. Um, I just think the best way to meet someone romantically is through like a friend or a family member or someone that, you know, from work or, or something like that. A lot of people with the cold approach, all they're thinking of, you know, talking to the person that's in front of them right now. But if you're in circles that have higher quality people, even if say they're married or taken or something like that, they might know someone who is also high quality, but is single. So, uh, I prefer the network, the networking, uh, approach basically. Um, and it really depends. I know it's tough with the, with the pandemic and everything, but, um, it, it, it really depends on like your situation. You have to take inventory of your situation, but, um, once everyone gets vaccinated, everything, I think, you know, we should, we should be able to hit the ground running with that. I, that's been the biggest thing about FDS this past year that I've been worried about is like so many of us have been inside that, it's kind of hard to really put in a lot of the strategies that we've been saying in practice. Like those of you who have not been in lockdown for a while, um, congrats to you. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's been a, it's been an opportunity for men to really cheap out. And even if you were off lockdown, but a lot of the businesses in your area closed down and people lose their jobs, right? A lot of people lost their jobs. So a lot of guys have been really pushing for the cheap date, the low effort date. And now you know, hopefully the economy starts to follow as um, America gets back on track. Um, we're going to have to make sure we drag those standards right back up to where they should be. Right. <laughs> Versus like the, yeah, you know, the, the soul Skype date, even though I did see some women who really uh, worked the pandemic system by getting guys to um, send them Uber eats for dinner and they'd eat over Skype, you know, they'd send them a bottle of wine. Like there's ways to do this. If men were really motivated to, court you and wine and dine you um but i do think that's that's something to to look out for yeah i mean but i also think that i think you know like a huge i guess drawback of online dating is that body language isn't really present and that is so so important i mean i think anyway for first impressions for attraction you know their mannerisms how they carry themselves you don't really get that but on the other side like with online dating i find it a lot easier to weed out but low value men because a lot of them have so many tells in their profile from you know their choice of pictures to if they put I'm secretly kinky, ho, 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 ho. You can just then just do an instant swipe left. 
and you you can especially with like the low value phrases like i'm here for a good time not a long time or whatever phrase they come up with to basically that basically says i'm not serious you can pick up on that a lot i guess a lot more quickly online than perhaps in person i don't know what you guys think of that but that is a small pro give yourself give yourself five seconds to evaluate each profile before swiping left not just, even five once you get your once you get your vetting strategy so good you can tell in a sp- yeah a split second two seconds point five yeah point five seconds so, some of them yeah you see one picture and you're like no immediate swipe left if they have the serial killer pose if they silly <laughs> the serial killer selfie <laughs> the serial killer selfie if they have the picture in you know the toilet with with the toilet seat up and a dirty mirror instant swipe left stuff like that like but you can you won't see that on like necessarily online which is again which is why you know some women uh, for example on reddit they've not been to their boyfriend's house in three years they go around to find out he lives in a nest <laughs> Or, you know, a whole wife and kids. <laughs> that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ladies, find out where he lives fairly soon. <laughs> rub your rub your finger across the counter and then look very curiously at your finger. Then look him dead in his eye. And this, like, watch him sweat for a minute so he can remember if he cleaned or not. Actually, for, for, for real, though, we I honestly think that that is a great vetting strategy. Just going to a guy's house and just seeing how he lives mm-hmm. uh, will tell you a lot. Yeah, assume, assume how whatever state that you see his home in when you go to his home the first time, assume that's the best he can do. Ex- exactly, 100%. The first time you see it, that's the best it's ever going to be. Even if he's, like, normally messy, if he really cares about you, if he's really interested, he will make that place spotless before you get there. Um, if, he, if, he, if a man allows you to see his house, uh, like, in an unpresentable way, for the first, like, let's say, year of dating or something, any amount of time, for the first little while at least, he'll, he'll, he'll want to put that effort in at, at the very minimum. It will never get better. Don't don't try to cajole him and, you know, do a chore chart or bribe him with sex or like what I don't like I don't care. It's never going to get better after that. <laughs> it's really sad that these were legitimate pieces of advice given to women. I can remember there was a post on on Reddit I came across several years ago and it was from a woman who was saying that she gave her boyfriend the blowjob every time he washed a plate because he would never do it. And even people on our sex were like, why are you doing this? That's so <laughs> degrading. God. Right. Ridiculous. And, 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 and I think the saddest thing with that is she genuinely thought she, you know, she'd cracked... Crack the code. She honestly thought she'd found, like, Turin Shroud. Like, yeah, guys, I've done it. I biohacked my boyfriend. (laughs) She hacked the code. (laughs) No, babes. No, babes. Don't. Don't do that. You shouldn't have to incentivize your man, like, to be tidy. So circling back to online dating, I would... (sighs) It's a tough one, I think, because I, I, you know, I do think it is here to stay. And as opposed to to telling women, you know, don't use these apps, I think it's more strategic to tell women how to vet properly and the signs to look out for, as well. Um, and I think one of you know the ways they can do that is to familiarise themselves with 
as they say on the subreddits, the language of scrote. Scrote speak. So things like... That's the language scrote speak. Scrotenies. <laughs> this guy's speaking scrote. And I was like, I love that. Like, scrote is its own language. Because they all use the same phrases and it all basically means the same thing. I'm looking for a free prostitute. <laughs> Everything about him screams, I'm looking for a free prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> a free prostitute. If he says things like just like ethical for example non-monogamy swipe Swipe. he's probably cheating like let's be real if he says anything like here for a good time not a long time swipe swipe. (laughs) the headless pick you know the guys that just show off their body and then you don't see their face swipe swipe they gotta they have a wife they honestly look like the nazgul from lord of the rings you know it's just like hollow like you just don't see their face we just see their body that's I'm like you're hiding you're hiding from some woman who thinks uh you're together and even things like using like the winky face like i just feel swipe guys who are like the goofy looking one in the friend group so they keep posing next to their hot friend knowing it's the only way women are going to look at their profile swipe left (laughs) i'm sorry but you need to take your lumps sir and like for me for me personally i mean this is just a personal preference i'm very big on like smiles and teeth if he hasn't got a picture showing his teeth swipe left yeah yeah because you never know what's going on in that grill otherwise you know so that's not something you want to be surprised about (laughs) it can literally look like the black and decker grill (laughs) like you don't want that (laughs) looking like jack sparrow from pirates of the caribbean type teeth (laughs) like he ate an explosive yeah looking like fucking Gollum from lord of the rings (laughs) (laughs) that's the poster boy i mean look i get it Dental care is expensive in the United States because they they consider them luxury bones, apparently. It's like a a separate kind of insurance you have to buy. It is. Dental care isn't included in your normal health insurance. You have to buy separate dental insurance. It's such a scam. Poor poor America, developing country. (laughs) I'm going to set up like a Feed the Americans GoFundMe. You too, for just 75 cents a day. (laughs) Can support an American. American's healthcare plan. It's more like $400 a day, but yeah. So yeah, like I think... Guys with either no picture or with like a cartoon picture or anything that's not his face... No, swipe left, yeah. And also, like the main, the main pro, I guess, of of online dating for me is just the ability to block and delete without getting too invested. I feel like if you if you meet someone in real life, it can be very, it can be very easy to bring them into your world quite quickly. So they'll, you, you know, they might know where you live or where you work. Um, you know, things like your hobbies, for example. If you go to say, I don't know, like a restaurant together. And it turns and it doesn't work out for whatever reason. You can then associate your favorite restaurant with that shitty person, for example. So I think, in some respects, online dating can give you that distance. But what you then have to be careful of is to not fall into the trap of textation chips. If you do meet someone online, you should be making plans to meet up as soon as possible, and don't be you know, drawing out the text relationship, as I say it, where you're, for example, texting incessantly, where you're video calling, you know, you think you're building intimacy, but you still don't really know this person. You still don't even know if you're going to be, you know, fully attracted to this person. There, There are many people who have built, I guess, so do relationships at a distance, but then when they meet, they find they don't have 
it just isn't the same in person. And you've essentially wasted all that time thinking that you're building something when actually... And because, you know, over text, people can be anything they want to be as well. It's completely different when you're in person, when you have that, yeah. I guess, that physical rapport with somebody. It's a completely different energy. Absolutely. There's a lot of people who I've built like a text kind of... um you know, like a text flirtation. Yeah, textationship. Te- yeah, there we go. You just, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Textationship. You develop that and then you see them in person and that chemistry is just not working. It's not the same. You can sound charming over text and just not be charming at all in person. And that's kind of a weird thing how that works. <laughs> I've just always found it really difficult to like build like a sense of intimacy with uh, text messages. I'm, I am one of those people who actually is bad at texting. I, I prefer to just call or meet in person and only use text messages for the barest minimum con- communication possible. Um, online dating is, is uh, like, but like you said, they're here to stay actually. So I, I don't know. We're going to have to figure out a way to, to navigate it. That's going to make us feel comfortable. What I want to see is like a new, I want to see a different type of online dating like website, one that's like FDS friendly. We should make our own dating website, actually. Like, yay. Hey, <laughs> hey if anybody has like $250,000 they want to donate to us so we can make an FDS based dating app, we will happily do that. <laughs> Contact at thefemaledatingstrategy.com if you want to send us some money so we can do something <laughs> like that. Just let us know. Or, here, here, here's a nice little transition to our Patreon. Support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. And on there, we have bonus clips and bonus episodes. And also, uh, we are raffling, uh, it's basically like a raffle ticket where you can submit a story to us, either a roast to scrote, a queen shit or a Gnosis, and you can tell us about something that went on in your life that you want us to read here on the podcast. Um, and we'll select a couple every week and we'll help you roast them um, if you want to. I, I'm just, I'm so excited about the roast of scrote. Uh, we will barbecue your scrote, like... Flame broil. I mean, the only good scrote is a well-done scrote. Yeah, the, <laughs> the only good scrote is a well-barbecued scrote. Glazed and marinated. I mean, come on, guys! It's barbecue season. Like, it's approaching. It's 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 summer. It's barbecue season. Give us lots of scrapes to roast on the FDS barbecue. But also, if you have something positive, like it doesn't have to all be negative. If you just want us to shout you out because, like, you just got married, or you just completed your degree, or you overcome something really special in your life, you, you achieve something really special, or you overcome something difficult, and you just want us to celebrate with you, um, go ahead and sign up for our Patreon and submit your story, and we'll uh, we'll try to snag some of them to talk about on the podcast. And we will have a virtual party for your successes. And also, like we say, it's a raffle, but since we have no submissions yet, if you're the first person to submit, you'll probably get picked. So there we go. Um, <laughs> just make sure. Early bird special. Make sure to sign up for Patreon. Early bird special. First one to get picked. This is this is the only time where it's appropriate to be a pick me. Okay. This is, we'll allow this one. We'll allow it. Uh, so the main thing to take away, like from you know, where are all the men at this segment is essentially regardless of how you you know choose to to you know, to look for a high value man whether you want to do the swiping method on online dating if you want to meet people in person through networking or if you want to do a mix of the two and ultimately the most important thing is that you just have to vet him ruthlessly like however you choose to do it 
and that includes you know taking your time and also before you before you go out you know looking for a man is to know your standards your boundaries you know and your expectations and to not and to not compromise because it's 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 really easy to construct a list of boundaries and standards when you're single and you're not looking but when you have a man in front of you that can really cloud your judgment especially if you're really attracted to that man and that can lead you to overlooking some serious serious red flags um, and I would also caution against believing that one method is better than the other. If we look at our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, you know, they all did it the organic way, the right way. They met people through church, through school, through family members. And a lot of them ended up with just complete trash. True. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yeah. That is fair. That is legitimate criticism. <laughs> Some of y'all grandpas. Woo! Immediately like several people come to mind immediately but yeah <laughs> slight side note but i i have noticed men romanticize their grandparents relationships because they ain't heard what their grandma's got to say about their grandpa and also because women couldn't leave as well like people say why you know people you know people in the olden days stayed together for 50 years i was like well when divorce isn't an option <laughs> people are gonna stay in bad relationships yeah yeah, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I feel like grandmas will tell like their daughters or their granddaughters about the situation, they don't necessarily share with their grandsons. So then men have a very um utopic view of how those relationships were. Yeah, exactly. I'd agree with that. So and also just when you're getting to to feel out a guy as well, just bear in mind that you don't know him yet. A lot of people, I mean, myself, I've been guilty of this as well. When we first start talking to a guy and he's really nice, he's attentive, he is responding on time, we start thinking, oh my gosh, like, he's so kind, he's it, like, I found my man and it's like, you don't know him yet as well. So it's so, so important to pace yourself. And this is why I would say as well, like, don't spend ages and ages, like, messaging and texting because it builds that, I think it makes you more attached. Yeah, act like you've been treated well before. Because sometimes I think when that happens, it almost gives the impression, it almost it, it inadvertently gives them the impression that you're not used to being treated well. I, I think that's actually so true. I find in my personal experience, if I tell a guy that the... <laughs> If I say like, oh, so-and-so treated me like a princess, just kind of an offhanded casual comment or whatever, something happens in their brain where they suddenly go like, oh, like, um, I don't know. Why is it that men will try to give you the least possible amount of effort that they think they can get away with? I don't know. I don't know why they're like that. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is, but they need a fairy tale to follow. They're the heroes in their own story. And I think you got to create obstacles for them. I think it's just part of the dance. And then on the flip side, though, if you then if you then start unloading your trauma onto them, which again I would strongly advise. No, bad idea, bad idea, bad strategy. It then tells them, okay, she's used to poor treatment, so I'm gonna see how badly I can. I mean, it's a really, really sad thing, but it is true. Like, you just have to make sure you protect yourself and not get too familiar too soon. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Expl telling your trauma is again a high risk low reward thing like there's very little to gain it's a zero reward high risk thing in fact it's a negative it's, it's a negative reward because you know even if he responds in a positive way i just feel 
ultimately he can't help you heal from that trauma. That's something that you'll have to address. And, you know, the most he'll be able to say is, I'm really sorry, that's terrible. But, yeah, unloading trauma onto onto men you've just met is just not... It's just... I don't think it's ever done for good reasons. Just say if your therapist or your friends. Yeah, yeah. If you want to unload on us, we're fine. Right, that's what we're here for. Yeah, if you want to come unload an FDS, like uh, I think it goes without saying that like the way that we are on the subreddit is not how we are in real life. Uh, <laughs> like you can you can vent on the subreddit all you want. It's an anonymous anonymous forum, uh, but in person, yeah, y- you have to be careful about how you present yourself. Well, here's one thing I actually think online dating can be good for. Uh, Building your scrotation. Because it allows you to meet a bunch of guys virtually. And if you're in one of the states where they're still on lockdown and you can't, or like, you know, whatever, any various phases of lockdown, it allows you to kind of start talking to a bunch of these guys at once so that when you are able to go out and date, and if you are already able to go out and date you have stuff to do whereas if you go out to a bar or a club or an event it may be hard to get multiple numbers because i've noticed guys once they kind of set their sights on you they tend to like like to monopolize your time at that event so let's see say you meet a guy and you think he's cute generally it's actually kind of a struggle sometimes if he likes you to be like okay well i'm done talking to you now so i can go talk to other dudes (laughs) so you know what I'm saying? Like they kind of want, oh, let's have a drink and let's like tour whatever we're doing. You know, if it's at a concert, like, oh, let's try to go to the front. You know, like you'll end up building a rapport with somebody and wanting to continue to talk to them. Um, I think the benefit of online dating is detachment, meaning like you can get through a bunch of dates in like 20 minutes. And that's why we recommend doing the pre-screen phone call and pre-screen Skype date just to make sure that he looks like the way he says he does ask some basic questions and if you can get through a decent chunk of those guys before you start going on dates then you at least have a lineup going right like you have a lineup of guys that you're going to be able to see once you or once you feel comfortable going out and going on dates again so i think that can be a really good benefit of doing online dating it's just the ease in which you can kind of get you can kind of get guys on the team versus like you have to go out of your house every time you want to meet a new crop of guys. So that, I mean, the convenience factor maybe can't be underestimated, even though it's more difficult in some ways. Yeah. I think if you approach it with the pragmatism of like a hiring, uh, like recruitment manager or something like that, (laughs) (laughs) um, looking for some new recruits and a few good men, you just treat each, uh, online dating profile, like a resume. Uh, most recruiters will spend like five seconds or something per, per email less than that or per uh, resume less than that usually. Um, and yeah, you're just able to churn through. And the thing is, is because there are so many more men than women on online dating. Um, like we mentioned earlier, how like they, there's so few women on online dating that they'll use bots and stuff. So when you're a woman, you can just churn through like thousands of men in a very, very short period of time. And the benefit of building a scrotation <laughs> Should we define scrotation? Because I feel like this is a word that gets like, I, I don't know, like, like it's like misused. A scrotation is when you're talking to multiple men at the same time. So you're not exclusive like to one man when you start, which I think is a mistake a lot of women make. They 
you know, the minute they they see a guy, they start shutting off all their options before they even know if this guy is even going to go anywhere. And what I like about keeping this rotation or a rotation, if he's a nice man, <laughs> is that it allows you to, to vet objectively because you're not enmeshed into one guy. Um, and it also allows you to you know, to see what's out there, to compare against, you know, what's out there. So I think it's, and and to not put your eggs into one basket as well. And also it helps you space out your dates because that's the thing. These guys rely on trying to make those fast connections before you start asking the real important questions and then trying to get you into bed really quickly. But I think if you let them know like, Hey, I'm dating and you're busy because you're dating. Then it puts the pressure on them to come up with excuses and reasons to see you like compelling reasons for you to keep paying attention to them. Yeah. hundred percent. And it, and it also stops you from sleepwalking into a situationship, you know, where you've decided to be exclusive when the guy hasn't asked for it. So then you end up in a situation where you're sort of, you know, towing the line of a relationship, but then when you expect the hallmarks of a relationship, so things like commitment, things like, you know, progression, he will turn around and say, Oh, we're not in a relationship. Uh, you know, from experience, like when I've told, you know, a man, oh, you, you know, you're the only one in the picture, I've noticed his attitude has just changed. <laughs> his attitude's changed. So we say, like, there's, there is, I'm still... Yeah, you know, I, I also think women, women have a tendency to idealise men. When you first meet a guy and there's a few positive things about him, the thing is, is... Men are already over-idealized. You should see them objectively, like Savannah said, objectively, right? It's not about, like, degrading or dehumanizing men or anything like that. It's about seeing them objectively. And also, quite frankly, men treat women the exact same way on online dating. So there's no reason for you to... Oh, yeah, they have copy and paste, like, text messages. You know they do. I don't know where the idea came from that men will treat you better over time, right? I don't, I mean, is that true or not? I mean, has that ever been true for anybody? I'd be curious to hear. Maybe people can discuss it on the subreddit and we can read it. But it always seems that like, again, the standard you start out with is the standard to set your relationship with. Because if you, yeah. it doesn't really happen the reverse where they start out okay and then over time get really amazing. He immediately Meaning starts like, putting in less effort. Like it, it only may, only way it makes sense to me if they make a few missteps as you're getting to know each other, but generally their character and the amount of focus they have on you is fairly consistent from the beginning, right? Yeah, because these things, well, I've got her, so that's it. It's a wrap. It's a wrap, ladies. That is what's a wrap. <laughs> that, again, he will never treat you better than that. Yeah. Like that's, it's only downhill from there if you allow that to happen. Think about the advantage we have because with men, they have to put in a lot more individual effort to get women to pay attention to them or at least like have sex with them um, unless they're like massive pick me's. <laughs> but for women, we don't really like our, the beginning of the relationship should be kind of low effort for us, meaning we're just sitting here looking to see which guys are going to give us the best time. And that's why we just are big advocates of take zero shit in the beginning, because why should you, why should you interrupt your life with any of a guy's shit? Every single interaction you should have with this guy should make you feel good about yourself 
and um, potentially a future, right? So if it ever feels like that's not the case, then you switch to somebody else, right? Like you should never have to feel, you should never have to spend a second feeling bad. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for you to ever sit there and listen to his diatribe about whatever he thinks about this year, you know, how women are today or whatever kind of thing. You know, like they all have like a certain fixation on some angle of politics or whatever. There's no reason why you should put up with negging. There's no reason why you should put up with like a wishy-washy behavior and not clear communication. No, you don't. Yeah. The only thing, the only change that will happen is that they'll go from the honeymoon love bombing phase to their real self, right? That, that version that you see of them at the very beginning. And that's the reason why you have to remain objective is because you don't truly know that person yet. Or one of the ways you can make it, you know, stress-free is, you know, to fill your life with other things. I know it is so, so cliche, but from, you know, my own personal experience, when I started being busy, when I started doing my side hustles, you know, getting involved with the podcast, I don't have a lot of time. So, you know, things like dating, it's probably at the bottom of my list to the point where um, I have to consciously make time to even text these men back. And it's a complete game changer because I don't have the time to wait around for their texts or... Um, and it isn't you might not even notice it that's the thing like, i don't notice it exactly yeah like before if that's all you have you're stressed about it but if you don't notice it it's like oh you know and then and then the only time you'll remember them is if it is either if the interaction is positive because you feel good about it or it's negative and the second you feel like it's trending negative cut your losses there's no reason to waste a second of your breath feeling bad there's no reason why you should adopt the role of a psychologist and start psychoanalyzing why he only texts you twice a week. I have to, again, where do these narratives get injected to our culture that are so pathetic? Like, are you waiting by the phone for his text message? And I feel like, again, it just feels like it comes from women's media, like constantly feeding us these anxieties we don't need to have. I don't know. Yeah, like dating should not be, dating should not be a stressful experience for women ever if anything it should be the man pining after the woman seriously like great gatsby that okay you're <laughs> you're daisy buchanan okay like he is he is gatsby pining for you with the the green light i don't know i i watched the uh, see the beginning of any everything recently i'm obsessed with it anyways <laughs> especially on a platform like online dating you know like Lilith you know rightly said that women are in the minority so women are technically the prize on online dating so if a guy is objectively the prize it is just the reality yeah do you know what I mean so like women are the the selling point for men so if a man is treating you badly on online dating definite just definitely next him like men are like buses another one will come in fact it's like the london tube there's one every two to four minutes if you throw a rock outside your house you'll probably hit a man but that is how like that is how like for every man for every man who is you know like deficient there are 10 more willing to replace him i'm not saying there'll be any better is abundant and low Dick value. Is abundant, Dick is abundant and, and extremely low value. True words have never been said. Dating is a complete sausage fest for women, and we need to recognize our power 
and essentially use it to our advantage. You do not have to put up with a second of bad behaviour from men. You actually don't. So don't waste your time doing that, please. If there is one thing you take away from this podcast is that you do not have to put up with a second of shitty behaviour from men. You just don't. You, you don't. just don't. You really don't. I don't know where the like the the messaging keeps coming from that keeps making women feel like we have to, but like I you if, just notice the reverse how how men how quickly men are a, are um able to discard women without a second thought especially for things like disrespect right personally i feel like part of that has to do with how men socialize each other where they're quick to cut off uh another man if he disrespects him real quick so they're very very used to creating boundaries and enforcing them and women through a combination of socialization and like social punishment for enforcing boundaries constantly gaslighting themselves to feel uh to act like feeling bad is enough like us feeling good is an unattainable thing that it's just a never-ending cycle of us feeling bad about interactions with men and it just doesn't have to be that way yeah well one of those <laughs> one of those narratives that i absolutely hate is the idea that it's impossible for a man to be attractive and a good person at the same time god lies like that like you, you know, you see these narratives all the time where it's like, oh, hot guys, you know, all treat women like shit and ugly guys all treat women like, you know, amazingly. Totally Which false. is not, no. Totally like, there's false. so many unattractive men who treat women like garbage. And so many, I, if anything, I find attractive men have way less of a chip on their shoulder. And they they also talk to women more. So they just have more experience talking to women just in general, which c- could be a positive thing or negative that's one of the biggest lies that'll mess you up for a long time is the idea that attractive men are somehow meaner or less, uh, less good partners because of the fact that they're just objectively handsome or even have women that are interested in them. It's just not true. A lot of times these guys who are, um, just unattractive, they don't, they don't have the experience with women, but they're just as entitled as the attractive man because all men sort of get indoctrinated to this idea of, they, what they deserve as men, regardless of what station they are in, in life, they all expect uh, a mommy McBang made, right? And they all, a lot of them that don't have experience with women don't get to see us as fully realized humans. And so sometimes these guys who are ugly and socially awkward, they're not, they don't secretly all have good hearts of gold. They're like that because they just are, right? <laughs> They want to believe that, but it's just not true in real life. So just evaluate each guy individually. It does. It has nothing to do with the way he looks. And don't be intimidated by the hot guy. Like, don't assume because, you know, he's really handsome. Yeah, that. Don't be fucking goo goo gaga around attractive men. Like, that's just you shooting yourself in the foot. Honestly, they have more respect for you when you treat them like a normal human being. Like, honestly, trust me. <sighs> Yeah, it's hard to tell with men, too, because every man has his type, right? And there's, like, the the prototypical beautiful woman in the media. And it's, all, you know, and I think there's always a discussion about this because of how a lot of women feel like they don't live up to whatever that standard is, right? But, like, there's a whole lot of guys who like women who are not like tall, leggy blondes, right? Like it, it really comes down to that per- that guy's personal preference. Some guys like really petite women. Some guys like really fit women. Some guys like really thick, curvy women. And you kind of, it's not always easy to tell what kind of woman a man is into. So I don't know that you should just assume, right? You shouldn't assume because you're like a curvy chick and um, 
you see a guy and you think, oh, he's probably only into women who look like this, right? I think it's actually kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Um, And yeah, and I know it's hard because like experience can tell, can make you um, create stereotypes in your mind. But I think uh, for your own greater dating success is maybe like, don't count yourself out right away. Just now, just because. And this whole idea of like, you know, there's a league of looks. I just think it's so problematic just because, but you know, if somebody, you know, I guess if, you know, if a guy is really attractive and he's into you, you're not necessarily out of his league if he's into you sort of thing. I just think it's just so, so problematic. Yeah. And to address, because some of the criticism I know that FDS gets, um, to the now deceased uh, RFM cells. <laughs> RIP. Yeah. <laughs> RIP fem cells. Um, yeah, a lot of them f- have felt like, well, I'm not conventionally beautiful. Um, FDS won't work for me. And we've kind of gone out of our way to say that, like, your ability to get a high quality man is not dependent on your looks. Like, obviously, being more attractive means there's more men who will be maybe attracted to you but you know part of attract part of being attractive is just the effort that you put in on your on your physical and mental health right and i just want to say like if like looks was a requirement to secure a high value man like nobody in hollywood or show business would be divorced there are so so many like the most beautiful women in the world elizabeth taylor halle berry j-lo mariah carey they've all they've all had failed relationships and that isn't necessarily to say that it was their fault but it just goes to show that these women even they didn't attract high value men right I mean, being pretty won't save you from men's, like, misogyny and bullshit. They're not going to treat you better because you're conventionally attractive, unfortunately. That's not how it works. Right, exactly. That you can't, it's, it's, the issue is always patriarchy. The issue is cultural misogyny. And And also, the thing is, is women need to have a total mindset shift when they enter the dating world after FDS. You really need to learn to elevate yourself. Even if it may seem absurd or other people don't agree with you, or it may seem arrogant or like silly or whatever, you have to own that shit. Okay. You cannot ever be in a situation where you think that you're, you know, where you're, you know, overly concerned about your flaws or putting yourself down or whatever, because society is already doing that for you. Right. So you have to be the one to advocate for yourself in in all matters. And vetting. It, it really, really depends on how much, what type of behavior you tolerate. Like, if you're a beautiful woman, but you tolerate bad behavior from men, you're going to end up with a low-value man. It doesn't matter how attractive you are. If you have high standards, you will always end up with someone who is a good person. The, the You know what pickup artists actually say? They say, if you talk to a girl who is hot, you should insult her, neg her. And if you talk to a girl who's average, you should give her a compliment. They literally take advantage of a woman's, I I don't know, just like an attack on her sense of self or whatever it is. Well, it's like, it's a way for them to build up their own confidence to talk to women like that and then bring those women's self-esteem down. Right. So it's a whole, that's kind of the, the downside of being a beautiful woman. I'm not saying we should all cry tears over like really gorgeous women, but I am saying like men do target them specifically for abuse because their entire ego is wrapped around these women who they consider trophies, right? So they, some guys would rather like destroy that woman than see her be 
happy and fulfilled if they can't have her. Right. So sometimes these women who you envy, like understand that, like that comes with its own set of problems with men. They want to collect these women like a Pokemon, like a Pokemon, right? Like just to say they have them and like, well, I'm bragging the most beautiful women out here, but they don't treat them well. Right. And the way that they keep these women attached to them is by constant crazy making behavior. Right. Because otherwise these women would recognize their power and bounce. But like, you know, these guys try extra hard to keep these women under their thumb sometimes. Right. Which I know, I don't know if that's I don't know how to, how people are going to take that, but I, I, I have, I have seen that in action and I find that to be accurate and, and to see it laid out in pickup artistry is basically confirming what I, what I've personally seen. Like a pickup artistry, red pilling, red pillars. I don't know. All of that like incel shit has been around. Like, even though the actual websites haven't been around for that long, like 10 years, those ideas, those underlying misogyny have been around for centuries. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, again, there's plenty of really, really like nice people who aren't model tears, who have wonderful relationships, who have husbands who treat them well, who have mutually respectful, reciprocal relationships. So I, I just, I get sad when I see women feel like I don't look like this or I don't have this job and I'm not this person. So I'm never going to get a high value male. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It's it, most of it is mental and the things you are willing to accept in your life. Right. Some, you know, some of it is demographics, right? Like some of it is like, okay, if you live like, if you're in a country where, you know, it's really, really hard because there's certain cultural influences, um, pushing men towards the negative part, then it becomes a demographic problem. But on an individual level, you can still fight for yourself to be treated well. And that's, that's the beauty of adulthood is learning how to stand on your own two feet and advocate for yourself. Oh, another, another cultural narrative that is fucking bullshit. (laughs) Back to call back to cultural narratives is this idea that um, women under 25 are desirable and women over 25 are like, old harpies <laughs> or something like that <laughs> yeah they got that kind of stuff too from did you see the uh, the online dating st- to bring it back to the original topic about online dating but did you see the statistics about men swiping right on girls who were 18 that being 18 was like the most desirable age for women but 50 was supposedly the most desirable age for men or peak desirability for men lies right like who who Crap. did they survey for this? Like, did they have a bunch of 50-year-old dudes rate themselves and their preferences? Like <laughs> But it, but it's but it but but that ties into like another weird point actually that men actually rate themselves as more attractive than they are, whereas women are more likely to underestimate their attractiveness. I think they're biologically delusional. I actually at this point think it's like a biological like mechanism to protect themselves. I'm not kidding, you guys. <laughs> sometimes you see like a male animal of a different species and you're just like (laughs) relatable (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah like have you ever seen like a male dog just really trying to hunt a female and no matter how many times she throws him off he's just like yeah but i like you i like you i want you you know like it's kind of um admirable but i'm like i guess this is the kind of thing they have to do to be successful so yeah when you think about what like male animals are like in nature it's honestly pretty rough for them like their entire existence is based on like just trying to stick their dick in as many females of the same species as possible that's the entire reason same that they species exist. all the time like i mean <laughs> i hope males entire existence is 
like, I almost feel bad for just the way that they are and their biological imperative, right? Um, you look at a female animal, the act of mating is such a small, is such a small and inconsequential part of her life. For a female animal, the reproductive cycle is like, you, ha- you get, you, you mate, and then you're pregnant for X amount of time, and then you have to nurse it, and then raise it, and it's just much more, you know, you have to invest so much more in everything other than mating. It's it's a low priority activity for for women. So, but for men, it's a high priority activity. Mm-hmm. We need to recognize that this is something that's important to men. It's something that gives them status. It's something that they use to show off to other men. That is the entire reason that they exist in their mind. Okay, we like we have the power over to decide their worth. Quite frankly, I question whether we'll be able to socialize that out of them, because I think that's been the hope of feminism is that some of that, if we just say men and women are equal and that uh, men can take that's, on more traditionally female hard, roles and vice versa, versa I, well, I'm, I'm with you. I doubt it. Right. Yeah. No, that's another thing that um, I think that FDS di- is different from radical feminism. We do agree with a lot of radical feminism, but the uh, one disagreement is um, la- radical feminists tend to avoid the idea that um, there are cognitive biological differences between men and women, um, and that all the differences personality-wise are socialization. Um, although so not all of them, not all radical feminists believe the exact same thing, but th- it's because it's of so the history of, yeah. it's because uh, historically, like, personality differences based on sex were used to be like, oh, women are dumb and, like, submissive and yeah, blah, exactly. blah, blah, right? Like, I'm okay with acknowledging personality differences between the sex so long as we acknowledge that it makes women superior. Right, <laughs> see, that was, that's the thing, too, because we talked about, um, I mean, they, they know that women are more verbal uh, and are able to understand complex text way earlier than boys, but nobody says, oh, that means men can't be writers. Obviously, they're bad writers. They shouldn't be allowed to write. But like, if, if there's something that women don't grasp with the same immediacy as men, they make it seem like it's a blanket inability and we're all just like cripple, crippingly unable to do something, right? It doesn't mean... No, women, like, are object- women are cognitively better than men. We're yeah. more moral. We have more empathy, better communication skills, better risk management. Um, don't underestimate risk management. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Google this. Okay. <laughs> Women are like objectively better at risk management related tasks. <laughs> um, again, right. because so of, it's like, you know, pregnancy of and like- nursing and that's, that's our existence is about being smart. Right. Fun fact. Did you know that most woolly mammoths, um, skeletons are male and you know, you want to know why? They have tusks, so I assume so. Why? No, no, no. The females also have tusks, actually. They're matriarchal, just like elephants. But the reason they know it's male because of the size and the hips and all that stuff. But um, the reason why the va- uh, large majority, like more than two-thirds, I think, of woolly mammoth skeletons are male is because um, they go off on their own and die in spectacularly stupid ways. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you look at elephants nowadays, they stay in a herd, they look out for each other. You've got the like alpha female who's in charge. She's the oldest, has the most experience. She's guiding all the other ones, keeps everyone safe, that kind of thing. So they die in ways that don't cause, like, they don't jump into volcanoes and like d- die in like, you know, ash clouds and stuff like that in ways that preserve fossilization. They don't derp their way into destruction. Yeah, they don't derp their way into the fossil <laughs> record like men do, okay? Like, 
Hey, those guys are probably like legends in their own mind. Like, I'm gonna go in this tar pit right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go t- wade into this bog and get preserved for millions of years. Yeah, hi bird. <laughs> you think of a snuffleupagus. <laughs> so just to just to tie everything together from this episode, I think the main takeaways are. Um, to vet, regardless of how you choose to look for a high value man, to know what you want and to know your boundaries and standards before you go looking and essentially don't do the equivalent of shopping whilst you're hungry because you're likely going to end up with a bad meal. That's actually a great, that's actually a great comparison. Don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because you end up with a subpar meal. Um, and No, you end up with Chips Ahoy, Chips Ahoy, Whipped cream, Hagen dazs That's when you put a bunch of trash. trash food, Ritz crackers, ice cream. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, Ritz crackers are nice, though. To be fair, like, I do like Ritz. <laughs> buttery, crispy, and good. <laughs> America, <laughs> America, fuck yeah, America's cracker. <laughs> And also to understand the value that you have as a woman in the dating world. You are valuable. You are special. You are unique. This isn't just me blowing hot smoke up your ass. It's actual statistics for every, you know, for every 100 men on online dating, there's probably less than one woman they've actually got a chance with. Um, and that's just, that's even being generous, actually. More like thousand to one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and perhaps most importantly is, you know, to not discount yourself. I know there is a lot of pressure on women to look a certain way, but just because you're not conventionally attractive, that does not mean that you're not attractive. And that's something that has taken me a very long time to learn. Um, just because you don't fit the the ideal beauty standard, like or well, you know whatever that is, because it's constantly changing, that doesn't mean that you're not attractive to men as well. And the other thing to keep in mind is that there's undue pressure on women to settle down faster than women, faster than men, yeah, which causes a sense of urgency and which can you know cause you to make bad judgments. The feeling of having to settle down soon and like oh you're you know a depreciating asset and that kind of thing is that's some fucking propaganda okay like coming from like pot-bellied fat titty bald head dudes by the way sorry and, go but, ahead but, and, but you've also still got the delusional men who think they'll hit their sexual prime in you know when they're 45 and it's like mate sorry no i can't even with these guys is it's all projected. I'm just imagining what old men are going to be like. To, like, old men right now are already creepy and entitled. Imagine what they're going to be like 10, 20, 30, 40 God. years from now. <laughs> yes, but, uh, you know, guys nowadays have been told that they're going to reach their prime, that men age what, like fine wine, and they're going to be sorely disappointed when they get older. And I, I don't know, they, they're probably going to become like mall shooters or something like that because... Yeah, women women are only getting more liberated, not less. So these guys who think that just because their grandfather found like a twenty a, a wife twenty years younger than him when he was like in his fifties, that's not going to happen for you. <laughs> like that's just it's that was a time when women were dependent on men for economic survival, and since we're not anymore, good luck out there, right? It's just not it's just not something that most women are going to do 
when there's men of their own age that they're going to be attracted to. Most women are fantasizing about K-pop stars. So like their future wives, the women that they think they're going to get when they're older, like they're right right now, they're obsessed with BTS. Like you're not going to compete with that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Do you even know what a Snapchat is? Do you know how to use it? Sorry, but you're, I mean, you're just not going to, are you on TikTok? old man like no you're not even going to speak the same technological language much less like be attractive to these women like it's just not happening (laughs) yeah like 10 20 years from now they're gonna have like holograms and stuff and like he's he's not even gonna know how to use it and it's just gonna be did you see that did you see that clip of elon musk grimes and ashniko like on (laughs) it looked like ashniko and grimes looked like two like teenage girls and elon musk looked like her dad like that's the kind of age gap ew that's the kind of age gap we're talking about yeah hey if you're dating an older man and you want to dead your attraction to him like ask him to open an excel sheet for you and then like sort it <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> just, just put him on a fitness test old guy fitness test like give him a new piece of technology and then like uh, time how long it takes him to figure it out. Then just weigh that against the guys in your age group. <laughs> <Like, laughs> feel sorry. Okay, sorry. I'm getting off track. We're getting off track. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine this. Like, what is dating going to be like for these guys when they're in their like their time in my prime? <laughs> Yeah, the guys right now in their 20s that are already fantasizing about like, oh, like, you know, the girl that I like 10 years from now, she's going to be have a bunch of kids and have gained weight and no man's going to want her and blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be an alpha with my business and a bunch of supermodels around me like Dan Bilzerian. And like, yeah, that's not going to happen, bro. Like for 99.999% of you. And on that note... That's our show. That episode is a wrap. Yes. Thank you for listening, Queens. And please check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com and also our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thefemaledatingstrategy. Thanks for listening, Queens. And for all you scrotal recalls out there, die mad. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Savage. See you next week.